This episode of The Taylor Stevens Show is brought to you by listeners, readers, and patrons. If you'd like to learn how to support this podcast, please visit www.patreon.com slash taylorstevens. Stevens, the New York Times best-selling and award-winning author of kick-ass international thrillers, and this is The Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt, one word at a time. And as you probably know, Taylor and I will occasionally talk about things that we see on television. And oh, we I, do it all the time. Like well, before yes. we start recording, it's like, have yes. you seen anything? When I say occasionally, I mean, yes, either before <laughs> or after every recording session. And I have learned there, there was a period of time when Taylor watched very little television and very few movies where if she recommended something, I knew I was going to like it. And we're well beyond that now. <laughs> Every so often, she'll recommend something and I'll try it. It's like, I better try it a little bit more. And then I'll come back and say, yeah, I just <laughs> I can't do this. It happens. It for happens. whatever reason. So anyway, last week, she recommended a comedian. And his name is Shang Wang. And in okay, wait, in, wait, wait, wait. Before he starts, I don't know what Steve's going to say, but I just have to preface this that the reason why I recommended, I don't think I've laughed this hard in years. I thought I was going to die because I could not breathe. And every time I tried to catch my breath, he'd say something else. That left me dying again. And it was just this laugh, choke, laugh, choke, just struggle for air. And I am like, anybody who hasn't seen this has to see this. And so I was like, oh my God, Steve, you've you've got to watch this guy. He's just so good. So now please continue. So in in the way of the world now, um, and in the way technology seems to be omnipresent, I have never seen this guy before i did i wouldn't have known what he looked like so i looked him up on my computer and taylor and i talked about him so three days later i pop on netflix and what's my number one recommendation <laughs> shang wang sweet and juicy so and that opens up a whole nother storyline <laughs> about technology listening to us and all of that stuff and how all of this works together but i'm like okay i'm gonna watch a little bit of this to see if i think this guy's funny and I had the same reaction that you had, Taylor. It just like I couldn't stop laughing. Julie just came in and looked at me and like, "What are you doing?" And of course, that at that particular time, he was going off on this riff that I'm not going to get into. But it was one of those things that you really don't want your wife to hear you listening to. <laughs> did she not hear anything that came before? She, or after? No, no, I don't think she did. And so she just <laughs> she just looked at me. But he is so funny and i i don't think i heard a single swear word no i he's very clean from what i remember as well like yeah. it's it doesn't use vulgarity to to drive the humor it's just i think it would probably not be so funny to anyone under the age of 35 maybe but because it's it's humor that's specifically directed towards um maybe an older millennial Gen yeah, X people younger audience. than I am, but 
I I really appreciated the humor. Yeah, I, I I would say it's directed like at someone thirty-five to forty. Yeah, in that age range. But I think I mean you you thought it was hilarious, oh, so <laughs> we're good. <laughs> I mean, this this guy's his 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 everything about him. He he's just so self-effacing the way a lot of good comedians are. But I don't know. It just it really tickled me. And I, I told Julie, this was kind of funny. I told Julie, I wasn't sure what to expect, uh, but I was surprised that there was no swearing. And Julie said, well, why would that surprise you? I said, well, because Taylor recommended. Said, Taylor doesn't <laughs> swear, does she? God. <laughs> I said, well, yeah, like a combination uh, sailor, Marine, Army, uh, police officer. Yeah. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> I, I don't even, I don't even, it's punctuation. Like I don't, <laughs> anyway, there actually is a tie-in point to all of this, you guys. Um, the comedy special is, uh, it's gold. It's, it's hilarious. It's so good. I've even seen memes from it start popping up on social media that that's timeless, but, um, but our larger point here today actually does tie into comedy because comedians, the, the payoff in comedy often comes from looping back and closing loops. That's, that elevates it. They, comedians are master storytellers. They are able to take a universal idea, universal experience, and look at, look at it through their own point of view. Sort of an take, give it an unusual take, and then narrow that down. But they do that; they're able to narrow that down by pulling on a universal human experience and using that as the propellant to tell a story. And in that story, whether it's a real story, an exaggerated story, or a completely made up story, it's irrelevant. You are along for the ride. And that's where the humor comes from is in the storytelling. Now there are comedians who don't, who have a different style. They just riff one random thought after another random thought, same concept, but in one sentence level micro stories basically is what those turn out to be. And you don't realize their stories when you're hearing them, but you see it when you step back. And the way that comedians, especially the really good ones, are able to do this is such a, it's almost like they are giving novelists a masterclass, the cliff notes of storytelling. And one of the devices that they use are the loops. The you know the, they they will tell you a joke or a funny anecdote in the middle, maybe even at the beginning, and then they'll hit that maybe maybe one other time. But the real payoff is the way they find a way to tie something completely unrelated back into it, and it takes you by surprise. And it's the surprise that makes you laugh. And the cleverness of it that makes you laugh. 
And so we wanted to talk a little bit about those loops. And having comedians as an example of how they use those story loops is, I think, a good basis to start from. So, Steve, I know this is something that you had on your mind. Now I'm going to just like spring it on you and call it on you. I want to hear what you have to say about it. Well, I had uh, I'd met an author was one of the people that I met having uh, a meal at the bar at at BoucherCon. And uh, so I, I looked up one of their books, downloaded it and read it. And this particular author used the technique of callbacks more or more obviously, I think, than in any book I'd ever read. But it wasn't too much even though they were continual. And I found that I could not stop reading because I wanted to close the loop that had been opened. I, she trained the, the, the author trained me to, if, if, if I open the loop here on, you know, the fourth page of, of a chapter by the fifth page of the next chapter, it's going to close. So I just kept going and going and going and going. And then there was one loop that I didn't realize was left open. And uh, that became this brilliant ending um, that was that was so satisfying. But the whole the whole process and this is something that I see over and over again uh, that authors do. But I've never seen an author do it as obviously and as often as this. So maybe I've seen it done as often, but not as obvious, obviously, and I didn't catch them all. Would you say effectively as well? I would say very effectively. It, it was not off-putting in any way. I would just see it. And then it was like, here's a piece of candy. If you stick around for five more pages, you're going to get to unwrap it and enjoy the candy. And in the meantime, the page before you get to eat your candy, I'm going to show you this other piece of candy. So you're going to want to get that <laughs> piece of candy too. And it just kept going. And I loved it. This was a, I would call it a, a, it was a thriller, but not an edge of your seat thriller. You're more um, than welcome to give the author's name. We're I can't remember. Saying, I can't oh, remember. okay. Um, um, I'm thinking about how, so, you know, different brains work differently in um, understanding or processing ideas. And so if, the idea of looking at the way comedians, you know, will start a story and then later on bring everything right back around and and loop in one punchline to lead into another doesn't make sense to you. Another way uh, maybe of describing the same thing, you see it in writing tutorials, like how to write books and stuff. They talk about how the process of storytelling is raising questions and then answering those questions. And the the main story is going to obviously have its own major through line, you know, its own massive question that will only get answered by the end. And often that question is like, will they succeed? Will they get the thing that they're hoping for? Will he discover who his true father really is or whatever? But that main question often in itself isn't enough to drive to keep the pages turning like do you care enough about that question to just keep going now the character 
probably does. Obviously, that's why they're driven by this thing. But you, the reader, probably aren't. And so the they they tell you, or I don't know who they is, uh, the storytelling process is one of continually raising questions and answering questions along the way. So that by the time you finish answering the nearest question, you've already got another one that the character is trying to uncover or figure out. Or even if it's just interpersonal relationship between two characters, it's still an open loop that you've always got one more or two or more going so that by the time one shuts, there's still more left to answer. And you see that in mysteries where we know that the main character wants to solve, like say a crime or a theft or whatever, And along the way, there are lots of clues and red herrings. And every time one opens and they discover something new, you've got that that will close it along the way. But something else is opened that keeps you going, well, I need to find out about that. I need to find out about that. And thrillers that might present itself as continually um, accelerate, not accelerating. Sorry, I can't. Sometimes I really struggle to find the words that I know exist. I was telling Steve a hilarious story about that earlier. Um, but this, the, the process of it, it keeps in a thriller, it keeps ramping up. So every time one story is, one question is about to close and another is opened, it's like going up a ladder. It keeps intensifying, intensifying until finally you get to the main payoff in a cozy probably works completely differently. Um, a, a romance, it depending on how the romance unfolds, it could be something that the the main character is finding out about their love interest or an obstacle that gets in the way of their next step of pursuing the love interest. But there's always this cycle of obstacle, solution, obstacle, solution, obstacle, 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 solution, obstacle, solution, solution. However it goes, it's not like a single pattern that leads to the big payoff at the end. And The reason why I'm drawn to using comedians as an example is because that's easier for me to to relate to. I'm like, ah, I see what you did there. And it's very easy to go, oh, I understand the emotional payoff that that brief flash gave to me. And now I can connect to how that relates to opening and closing questions and loops inside novels as well. But I didn't have a way, like when I would hear about it in, when people would describe it the other way of, you know, the questions that get raised and answered along the way. I got it, but I didn't feel it. So for you, it might be exactly the opposite, but I'm like comedians, man, I feel that one. And so that's why we're looking at this through that lens. You have also used the phrase callbacks in in talking about, it's not this specific thing, but it's the idea of just continuing to bring something back as as like a, a reference it, where it might be a joke that's that's told early in early on in a book and then three chapters later there's another version of it and four chapters later there's another version uh, it's just a it's almost like a wink to the reader almost yeah. not an open loop but it is this continual thing that i i think kind of relates to this yeah because when when you as a participant, not the storyteller, but as the participant, catch on to what's happening, you feel very smart. (laughs) 
and proud of yourself. Like you get it. And that sense of aha, it tends to drive the enjoyment or enrich in the experience that much more. And so what you're doing is giving your audience a way to be on the inside together with you, crawling inside the character's head so that they get the character the way that you do. And um, some, some authors, <laughs> me, have to work very hard to be that lever, level of clever. So for me, it's not easy. But for witty people, then I think that would like you play to your strengths, right? And so if you're someone who's fast on your feet, really good at inside jokes, good at piecing together, like, you know, clever plays on words or whatever, then this is your time to shine because there's so much room there for, for enjoyment. And depending on your style, like if you're a funny person and you are writing thrillers, or, you know, dark psychological stuff, then that's going to be hard <laughs> to, to let yourself shine in that way. But if you're a funny person and you're writing lighter, well, then you've just hit your niche for being able to, <clears throat> to play off your strengths. If you are somebody who's more of a deep thinker and sees things, these long-term deeper connections, and you're trying to write something funny, you might struggle. But if you're writing more of a psychological thriller and then you have, again, the opportunity to play to your strengths in bringing these thematic ideas that keep looping back. And I know it's so hard to grasp concepts when you have no example to work with. Um, so hence the comedian example. But I, in the story that I'm writing right now, one of the continual callbacks that we get, and it, it didn't start out this way deliberately, but once I caught on to what was happening, I was like, okay, I'm gonna ride this thing <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, and, and it has to do with, with lies, being a liar, um, because Monroe is a, a chameleon. Like her whole career, her, everything she does is based off of studying, observing, becoming manipulating and she is a lie i mean she really is a lie but that has never come out in any like in that way in any of the stories that i've written we've seen her in action we've never actually heard her in that and there's this phrase that keeps getting used over and over in the stories of you, different lies carry different weights and this lie was da da da, -da and that made it da, da 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 and it finally gets to a point and i don't know if it's going to stay in the story or not, where she says, you know, well, they needed her not because of this, but she was the lie. Her very existence was the lie. And that is an example of setting up an idea for something completely unrelated, like just part of the story and taking it through to its completion and setting it up again separately, setting that up. And then further down the line, after we're used to having this repeated to us, this, this constant theme of lies and truth. What was the lie? Was the lie worth it? We get to the point where she was the lie. So that is, I'm making it sound way better than it actually is, but <laughs> that's, that's for the sake of example, 
that is what we're talking about when we're talking about these loops and closing them, opening them, repeating them. And that's more of a darker, thrillery way of doing it. And the comedians show you a much lighter, happier way of doing it. And there are probably um, just an endless array of possibilities for how to accomplish the same thing in between that's specific to you and your story and your strengths or whatever. But the point underlying it all is the the weight of enjoyment, the, the heightened sense of enjoyment for the audience that comes from being a part of these loops and having them opened and closed and then feeling that payoff at the end when it all ties together and and it it's just a very rich enjoyable experience and as a storyteller that's your goal that is your goal to make this story as enjoyable to that particular audience as possible and comedians man they are just they're experts at it and if you're looking for a map how do i do this watch comedy that's all i'm saying <laughs> watch the good ones and he was good he was good it was so funny because i mentioned this as a possible topic to taylor and she's like hmm i'm not sure i understand that and she said could you give me a couple examples i gave her a couple of examples and she says okay write this down yeah so that we have a little file where we we keep story ideas and it's like uh write this down open loops like comedians and i had no idea what she was talking about (laughs) when she said that and now in thinking about this and having watched that particular comedian, he uses a certain retail store over and over again in his bit. And it just keeps coming up. And I, I think that's one of these things. And it really is a great example of uh, open loops, callbacks, whatever you want to call them. All right. So that is it for this week's show. I just want to put out another call. For to our audience that we need tint. So the reason why these shows are, I don't know how many of the last episodes have been just sort of discussions between me and Steve and, you know, they haven't been as specifically focused as some episodes have been in the past is because we don't know what you need. And I've been doing this, we have been doing this for how long is it? Oh, six years, something. We start running out of things to say and things to talk about. (laughs) So the way that we keep this show going is when our listeners send in questions, our listeners send in material that they're struggling with, and then we can provide targeted, more helpful stuff. So if you're enjoying these discussions and you feel they're worth your while, don't stress it. But if you wish there was something just a little bit more, you know what to do. And with that, thank you for being here, and we will see you next time.